Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, we all think we know what winning in life means, right? I mean, we see successful people delivering keynote speeches, earning thousands of dollars. They then go to the back of the room, sell their books or coaching programs and earn even more. They get on a plane, head off to the next keynote or a business meeting where they close a deal for millions of dollars before taking the next trip wherever to do it all over again. To all appearances, it seems like they have it all. The fancy house, the new car and a driveway every year or so, travel, travel, travel. It's a dream life, right? We envy them. We wish we could be like them. But is that truly success? If you check in on many of these people, they may be on their second or even third marriage. They may have had faced bankruptcy at least once, if not several times. They sometimes wish they could be like you. My guest today used to chase those dreams. In fact, he lived what appeared to be a very successful life. 20 years in corporate America gave Corey Carlson amazing opportunities as he worked his way up to the executive level. But at the same time, he says, brokenness. He saw work without purpose, strained marriages, absentee parents. He noticed that business leaders were especially suffering, not living life to its fullest. But when he discovered coaching, it helped him become a better leader, a better husband, a better father. He then left his successful career to begin helping other leaders achieve a healthier work balanced life focused on God and family as well as career aspirations. Cora is the author of two amazing books, Win at Home First, and his most recent book, Rise and Go. Help me welcome to the program, Corey Carlson. Corey, thank you for joining us today. I have been looking forward to this conversation, brother. Well, Bob, thank you very much for having me, and it's very just honored, blessed, and just humbled to get a chance to speak to you today as well as your audience. So thank you for taking the time. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with, other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Corey Carlson? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I am I'm a son of God, and Amen. I am just continuing every day to try to get better. I mess up, screw up, whether it's as a husband or as a father or even just a, as a business leader. And so it's about recalibrating and trying to grow closer to, to God and walk more like Jesus every single day. And so that's, you know, who I am first. That's my identity. And, you know, second, I am a a husband of 23 years to a a wife who's just been incredible to support me through most of the the, the wild journey we'll talk about (laughs) here in a little bit. I'm a father of three kids. We just dropped off our first, our oldest daughter at college last week. So oh wow, uh, I I think I'm finally done crying and (laughs) wiping off the tears. And but as a whole, that's that's kind of who we are, and um, yeah, it's just it's fun. To, it's fun to share my stories. We'll get into it. I mean, it, it's a story of you know basically brokenness and redemption and you know restoration along the way. And so, 
my mission now is to help other business leaders, you know, win at work and win at home because yeah. I've lost it both. Yeah. Amen. I mean, your background, 20 years in executive corporate America, I mean, you first used an executive coach to help you in your career. What was it about using this executive coach that made you believe that you could help those who worked for you to become better at what they did in their personal lives as well? Yeah, so I started my career, civil engineering degree at University of Missouri. So then I started my career in Kansas City as a sales guy, or uh, I'm sorry, an engineering firm doing engineering design. I didn't like it. But then I went into, I found a sales opportunity to do civil engineering, sold bridges, storm sewer, sanitary sewer, and, and enjoyed it, had success. That was in Kansas City, got promoted, moved to Denver, where I managed a bunch of states and people. Then I got promoted and moved to Cincinnati, which is where we live now. And I was VP of a $120 million division. And what was happening, Bob, is I was you know, having success in this role, but I was finding I was taking my identity to my job. If you know, I had a great presentation in the executive team, then I you know, thought I was the man. If I you know, didn't have a great presentation, I'd be you know, fearful. I was going to get canned. And so I was just noticing my identity at work. I would skip gym workouts so I could, you know, Get crank out more emails. I would have my laptop on my lap at night instead of engaging with my kids or my, you know, my wife. And I was just seeing that, you know, I was starting to miss out on life and take my day to work. And I was like, I needed help. And so, Bob, a big part of my story is you saw from, you know, my book went home first because I talk about it in the intro is in my 20s, I also then took my identity to my work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, you know, it, it, it's never fulfilling. It's never fulfilling. And so when that didn't work out, even though the company I worked for was doing their best to try to, you know, help me and move me along, and I, I, I remember I wanted to get additional leadership responsibilities, and they put me in this leadership program. I was the only person in the whole program that was in my twenties. Everyone else in their thirties and forties. So I mean, they were like kind of pushing the grain to get me in some things, but it still wasn't enough for me because when we take our identity to something temporary. It's never fulfilling, but I didn't really understand all that back then. So when that didn't work, I was like, "Well, I'm going to take my identity to my wife. Maybe I, there I'll find out my value as a as a man and and who I am." Well, that also is a bad idea because you know my wife's amazing, but she's human. She's got her bad days and she's got you know her own brokenness. So then I I then took my identity to another woman and had an affair, and that's obviously a a, a no no, and not to do that. So I came clean of the affair a few years after that. And it's a, you know, incredible story of restoration. Holly and I grew closer together um, to God as a couple, also individually. And so we got to, you know, this whole restoration process. And it's pretty awesome and a neat story in itself. So taking me back to when I was at VP and needing help, taking my day to work, I was like, I'm not doing anything stupid again. This time, I'm going to do it different and better. I need help. Because I know, left to my own devices, my own flesh, I'm going to do something stupid. So I was like, I need help. So I found an executive coach who was also faith-based, and it changed my life. I know that sounds extreme and, and all that, but well, one, it did change my life because now I have a whole new career. But it just changed my life. I had a different perspective. I, I valued purpose over profit. I was about you know dating my wife again. I was about being intentional with my kids. And I started to use these tools or this mindset shift with 
the team that worked for me. And when I saw them change, I was like, this is awesome. I took one more corporate move where I became president of sales for a national contractor. And I had 30 sales folks throughout the country reporting to me. And Bob, what I did is I just, I was kind of doing this life coaching with them. Like, hey, are you dating your spouse? Are you being intentional with the kids? Are you getting the gym? You know, are you doing quiet time? Whether they're a believer or not, I just was, you know, it's all about solitude. And I saw them change as well, but also our profitability for our company improved. I'm like, wait, if this helped me, then it helped these 30 folks. I want to go do this for a living. So I began the process to leave. And now it's what I do for a living. I get to coach and help business leaders through speaking, through coaching, through writing, podcast. And and that's because I've lost at home and you know, also had some you know losses at the workplace we can talk about. Mm-hmm. And my life mission is to help people win at work and win at home. So that's what I'm 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 looking to do. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hey, yeah, I I understand what you're talking about being your identity is in, in your job. When I was in the military, you know, there were times when, you know, when the military is not an eight to five job, put it like that. I mean, you may go to work that morning, think you're coming home for the birthday party at five o'clock and you don't show back up till 11. You know, it's just, if there's a mission to do, you're going to do it. And and they don't want to hear complaints about it. And, uh, you know, my wife, you know, there were times when, you know, she'd get mad because she had all this stuff planned and I'd call up at, you know, four thirty, say, Hey, I'm not coming home to about nine, nine thirty tonight type thing. And, uh, and when she got mad, I, my rebuttal was I married the army before I married you. And you, know, <laughs> you, you can imagine how that would go over. Oh yeah. When great. That was, that was my go-to. I mean, many times, you know, you missed the kid's birthday party again. Said, hey, I married the army before I married you. You know, because I mean, I was, you know, on the fast track, I was getting promoted and, you know, uh, it was, it was my career identity and everything about it was, you know, I mean, that was it. And then, you know, unfortunately, uh, in 1989, they decided they had too many officers and started a drawdown and I was caught up in that and, I went to work one day thinking I had eight more years to retire. And instead I came home at lunch unemployed and out processing, no notice, no, you know, transition period. I well, I had a transition period called out processing two weeks and, uh, you know, no backup plan. That was it. I was all in, you know, so I understand about having your identity just focused on your job and how that can backfire into major repercussions and uh it you know but uh the day i out processed <clears throat> i told my wife I said we're going to disney world taking the kids on vacation and we left we spent a week at disney world and because you know i hadn't been focused on them now i was trying to refocus my priorities on the family and then on the ride home we're driving it's like 1 30 in the morning everybody's asleep i'm just driving along i realize what am I coming home to? I don't even have a job. You Mickey Mouse stuff in the car, but no job. Yeah, exactly. So I understand completely what you're talking about. 100%. I'm right there with you. Now, in your coaching, you, let's see, how much emphasis do you place on building up 
your client's faith as well as the other aspects of the work-life balance. Yeah, there are, I mean, I have some clients that are, are atheists. They aren't believers. And, but with, with those in particular, uh, there, there's a great book that I read called Lead Yourself First. And it's this idea, it says that the decline in American leadership today, and it's, that's, it's not a political statement, it's just saying the decline in just leadership at companies and maybe politics, but maybe, uh, you know, churches just everywhere, it is because of the decline in solitude. Because solitude brings self-awareness and emotional intelligence, just an you know, emotional balance. And so, I just I'm, I'm trying to you know get my you know Christ-following clients to spend more time in solitude, the atheist clients that I have to spend more time in solitude. Because in solitude, it's we get to slow down, and and we you know for many of us, it's to actually hear from God, right. Yeah, you know, I just in my devotion this morning is you know, reading about you know Mark Batterson and his quote is you know we when we pray it's not praying to give God our orders the idea is we're trying to get the orders from God of what to do. Amen. Amen. I, I, I butchered his quote, but that's the idea, and it's like so often I you know we don't take the time for solitude, we don't take the time to connect with God because we're so busy. I, I got to get to my emails. I better scroll my social media and see if I got any new likes on my last <laughs> post or whatever yeah, it could be. Yeah but really getting people to spend time in the Word or in prayer. And so even with my atheist clients where it's, they're, you know, they're not going to read Scripture, but it's like, hey, why don't you just ask reflective questions? Hey, why were, did you get angry at the meeting yesterday? You know, Why did you find yourself kind of getting jealous of someone else's success? And it's, it was unbelievable some of the progress I've seen just in that. My, my, my belief is that God was talking to them. Now, they may not admit it in that whole process, but... Now, for my Christ, you know, following clients, man, I'll weave in Scripture where it makes sense and, and help them grow and talk about quiet time. And, and so a lot of the clients that I'm working with, they're business leaders. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the right percentage is, but probably 80% of the time we're still talking about business, but 20% it is it, probably about home. Yeah. And But it's, it's just, hey, are you dating your spouse? Are you spending time in the Word? Are you, you know, hanging out with your kids? You meeting up with guy friends, or you know, or if they're females, you meeting up with your your female friends, because we all need friends. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote the book, went home first. I found this quote while I was writing the book, and it says, "No one ever talks about Jesus's greatest miracle, and it's that he had three close friends in his early 30s. <laughs> because we Amen. we lose Amen. sight of our friends. Yeah. We start to we were so focused on our career and success yeah. and. And then, I mean, I've, I've been guilty of that, where Monday through Friday, I was super employee, work my tail off, come home, try to be super husband and super dad. And in the process, you find out, man, I, I really don't have any friends. Yeah, yeah I, there's people I could probably talk about sports and weather with, but no friends of depth where I'm actually, it's accountability and yeah. you know they know what's going on in my life. So when I coach, I would say it's probably 80% work and then 20% is on that faith and that personal side to make sure that, you know, there, there's movement going. Now, every once in a while, a client will hop on the call, and life's not going great. And so we, it, it's a lot more on the personal side, and we're really pouring in, hey, what are you hearing from God? What's happening? Yeah. I mean, I know there's a saying, something along the lines of, uh, you are the sum total of the five people you hang around the most, something like that, you know. And, uh, you know, when you're hanging around just with yourself and – work, 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 
that is your identity at that point. I mean, it, it's all work, you know, even when you're, you know, I, I've seen people that are go, 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 go. And then when they go out to dinner, they're on their phone answering work emails and, oh, I, just a second, I got to take care of this type thing. You know, there is no downtime and they end up getting burned out fairly quickly. You know, the job has to take a second place. I mean, it's important because it pays the bills and, and all that good stuff. But at the same time, there has to be a point, and I learned this the hard way from the military, you know, because I gave my heart and soul to the military just to be shown the door with no notice because, yeah, well, you know, we don't have, we, we don't have this many officers anymore. So you're one of the ones that are gone. So, you know, appreciate your service. Bye. You know, type thing, you know, and uh, I tell people that, that your job cannot become your identity because if they decide they're shutting down your division or eliminating your position, they have no loyalty to you. You know, that it is a job. You're there for a purpose and that is to work and that you have to have that time just to re-engage with what is important, you know, be it, you know, your faith, your marriage, your children, you, you have to, even if it's just scheduling time, you know, from three to five, I'm at the kid's baseball game or something like that. Right. You have to do that stuff. I did a, I mean, this number may help some listeners. I, I took some time and counted up. I've worked for 18 bosses in my career, mm -hmm. but I have one family. Amen. There you go. And so as I've worked for those 18 bosses, some of which, I mean, I obviously listed out all their names. I know who they are, but I have no idea like where they are now in life or what's right. going on. I've lost touch with them, but I know I made decisions <laughs> for them at, you know, the, the loss of my family. Yeah. But yet those bosses are long gone out of yeah. my life. Amen. And and work's still important, right? We are made to work. Sure. God created work yeah. for us, and that's how we bring glory to Him is through our work. So this is not, hey, don't work and just hang out right. your family all day long. Yeah. But there, it's just that when you think about, it, I've had eighteen bosses that if I'm not careful, and they became, you know, my, you know, my God, my authority, and or their job that I was doing was my identity. Man, that's such a, a slippery slope when I've yeah. to eighteen different, you know, leaders. To my one family. So now Amen. I just think of it differently. I mean, yeah. as an, you know, solopreneur or, you know, doing my own thing and, you know, building kind of, you know, my coaching speaking brand, it, it, it can be a problem as well. Just like it oh, used sure. to be in corporate when I had another boss I was answering to or a private equity group I was answering to. Well, now I, I could work 24-7. There's always oh, another LinkedIn yeah. connection to try to get. There's always another new client to try to reach out to or a new yeah. speaking engagement to get or, oh, I better write a new blog or social media post or whatever it could be. But mm -hmm. I tell you what, Bob, the, the, the big mindset shift that I've had when we talk about you know this idea of, hey, how do I know when to unplug, when not to unplug? <laughs> and it really hit me in 2020 is just this phrase that, hey, God has the night shift. Yeah. And so in Psalm 127, where it talks about those who get up early, labor in vain, it's just this idea that, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard, for sure. I love what I do, and I love when I get to bless clients, and, and obviously I, I love just having impact on others, but I'm going to work very hard, let's call it eight to five. There's mm -hmm. days it's shorter, and there's days it's longer. Mm -hmm. But I control the input. I'm going to work hard during that time, but God controls the impact. Yeah. 
Amen. So I need to I need to truly believe that. And what you know, so if God's got the night shift of my business, that means I can go hang out at night and not have my laptop on my lap. I don't have to have my phone in my hand. I can go play catch with my son and not worry about the business because I believe then you know God's got the night shift. And so yeah. that has been a helpful mindset shift for me. I wish I would have known it more in corporate. I learned it sooner. I was starting to learn it. But really, just those phrases help me, and my prayer is that they hope help some of the listeners. Yeah, amen, amen. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll get emails and stuff that says, you know, something to the effect of, I can't find anything available in your schedule, you know, and they, but I have set blocks in my schedule where there are no interviews, there is no work. Those are personal time blocks that, you know, that's when I take the wife to the mall. Let her get her exercise in, if you want to call it that. You know? <laughs> <Stuff> <laughs> her retail like that, therapy. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know. But there are, you know, I have I learned that the hard way because of the military time, and I was also in business for seven years, and and was doing the same thing. I was become identified with the business, and and you know did everything I could before I became a cop. But you know that was personal time. And it is still is. And I refuse to remove those blocks, except in very rare instances. Usually it's a result of someone like in Australia, mm-hmm. you know, that, that the time zone difference means, you know, well, OK, I can do it at four o'clock in the afternoon here because that's seven o'clock in the morning there, you know, type thing. But uh, those things are very rare because I hold those times with my wife precious. You know, all my kids are grown and, and now I got seven grandkids. So, you know, the grandkids, they usually take a priority. You know? oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, that's, I, I understand completely everything you're, you're saying here. Now, you're the author, author of Win at Home First. That was your first book. Tell us a bit about this book and why you wrote it. Yeah, as I, I mean, kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, I mean, I, I, I wrote the book Win at Home First, I mean, because I lost at home. And in, in the particular evening, uh, before we hit record, we were telling some, you know, we were sharing some stories, and you're sharing a couple of stories of where you, you audibly heard God's voice, and you know, did anyone else hear that? No, did just you. And I had this particular moment when I was in Denver, Colorado. We had moved there, and this particular night, I'm in a leadership kind of training. The pastor's talking. I'm loving everything he's saying. I'm taking all kinds of notes, and. Out of nowhere, I hear this audible, you need to come clean up your affair. I was like, no, I don't. You know, that's a dumb idea. You know, we just moved to Denver. (laughs) I just got promoted, making more money than I ever have. Life is great. No, why would I do that? And as the argument, if you will, continues with, you know, God and myself, all of a sudden I end up hearing this phrase, you need to hand over your story for a greater story. Hmm. And I was like, I, I didn't really know what all that meant. But I um, I, I just, during the kind of argument, I started to have peace about coming clean of my affair. I drive home that night, and I had one last negotiation with God, and it was, hey, if my wife's awake, I'll tell her. If she's not, I'm not telling her. Well, she wasn't awake, so I didn't tell her. <laughs> Amen. Um, but the next morning, um, I just felt this prompting. I, I, I got to do it. I've, I've got to you know proceed with this, so I ended up telling her, and it uh, it was not cupcakes and balloons. It was awful and just a disaster. I mean, just and rightfully so it should have been. But we did have this you know great 
long process of restoration. But in that phrase, hand over your story for a greater story, a few years later, as I'm now you know, coaching and helping people, I start hearing another audible in my quiet time that I should write a book. Hand over your story for a greater story. Share with others your ups and downs so other business leaders can hear it. And I just, I was like, no, I'm not a writer. I'm a civil engineer by degree. I'm a sales guy by career. I am not a writer. I'm not doing it. That's a crazy idea. (laughs) Within a couple weeks, almost every one of my clients had said, you should write a book. I mean, it was just (laughs) the oddest thing. So I started writing some blogs, started writing some things and ended up hiring a writing coach and taking my blog mess and structured it into a book. And, you know, went home first books in four parts. The first part is you. Like, do you understand your identity and understand living in the, you know, priorities? And the second part's on marriage, about forgiving, about pursuing your wife, about communication. The third part is about parenting, having fun with your kids, but also challenging and disciplining them. And then the last part's on work. And so um, it's basically those four parts, which I believe is the flow of life, right? It's it's from you, it's to your marriage, then to parenting, and then to work. Yeah, so that became the book One Home First, published in 2019, and it's opened all kinds of incredible doors yeah. that I've either been able to coach people or speak. But then I know it's also impacted people that I'll never hear from. And my hope in that book is not only give them tools to recalibrate and fix their life, Bob, but also... The reason I share my, you know, my mistake is, you know, I'm not defined by that mistake or any other mistakes I've made or any mistakes that listeners have made. I'm not defined by that. And God is not done with me because I did some stupid stuff. Yeah. Instead, God is using me and taking my mess, you know, my mess. We've heard the phrase, take your mess and turn in your message or your pain in your platform but that's real. I mean, that's kind of what's happening yeah. is I'm just, yeah. I'm taking all that junk and sharing it with others when it's, you know, a, you know, applicable and it makes sense mm-hmm. Yeah, to help them. So they know that they're not defined by a, a, a financial mistake they made, a relational mistake they made, a, a time that they were too aggressive go, pursuing a business dream, or they're too passive pursuing something. Then they're not defined by that. Now it's an opportunity to move forward to what God has has for us. Amen. Amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Corey Carlson, as he's been sharing why busy parents who are also busy leaders in business or in ministry need to win at home first. There is no doubt that the family structure is under stress and breaking down in this busy culture that we built. You know, technology was supposed to free up our time. Instead, it's allowed us to do more in the time we have, which can induce stress and pressure and all sorts of health problems, not to mention problems in the family. Amen. Corey's been sharing strategies with us today, and I want to encourage you to drop down into the show notes, order his book, Win at Home First, and also his book, Rise and Go. Be sure to get in touch with Corey through his website, and be sure to come back for the next episode, where we'll be concluding this great interview with Corey Carlson. Till then, this passed about reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. 
please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.